Great morning, great, great, great March Madness morning to you. Tony Basilio, Bino Jeff Henderson, Brian Hartman on a Monday, on a night where we celebrated the fact that the brackets came down last night. We had an all-star panel in here last night. I had the great Maury Hanks on with me. As I welcome you into a Monday edition, last night when we left the airwaves over at tclub.team, we broke it down scientifically, and then I departed to the Raymere's bedroom. See if Bino likes that, the Raymere's bedroom. Has that gone a little far, Bino, calling your bedroom the Raymere's bedroom? I'm surprised it's not the Tony V room. <laughs> the Tony Vitello bedroom. If you are a maker of sheets, linens, fabrics, and fibers, and you're listening to us, perhaps um, uh, Spinderella herself, or as one of you used to say back in the day, Spanderella. What What is Spanderella's name? What is her name, Brian? Brian. That's uh, Michelle Marciniak. She owns a thing called Sheiks. Perhaps Spinderella would like to get in touch with me, and we can do a deal where... We either print some Tony Valls sheets, maybe a Beano and Tom Cream um, type of motif for the spring. That'd be Charlie. You, Charlie. Charlie Cream. What I call him? Tom Cream. That's okay. You just got a basketball coach and a bracketologist mixed up. <laughs> well, last night, I, I got to say something, man. Uh, I went up and watched the women's draw in the Raymere's bedroom. And uh, that Bino calls the Tony Valls bedroom. And, and they wouldn't feature Charlie Cream at all. Those women were crowding him out. I mean, not that I'm trying to start anything sexist on here. As I was trying to say, though, last night, Brian Hartman uh, partook in our deal. Uh, you sat it out because you were preparing for the women's draw. But we had, um, man, we had a. Will Warren was incredible in here last night. Mr. C was fantastic. Nashville Lee was great. Maury Hanks was great. We're going to re-listen to that uh, when today's offering departs. Today on the program, uh, in an hour, we have a gentleman uh, who's going to join us, giving us the lowdown on Louisiana, as uh, John Adams likes to say. And the Vols get Louisiana late night, Friday night, and we'll be almost a midnight madness. Uh, thir- uh, I said Friday, Thursday night into Friday morning, so midnight madness or midnight sadness. Who's going to have the best player on the floor is generally who I pick in these games. And I got to tell you, studying their team, studying our team, Brian, who's got the best player on the floor between those two teams? It looks like uh, they might. Yeah, I think they do. Brown. Yeah, I think but, they do. You know, there's some history. His father played for Louisiana against Tennessee father was in the 1982 was a, NCAA tournament. His father was a great and, player. Bino remembers that well. And uh, Tennessee and Louisiana have met three times in a postseason yeah. tournament, and the Vols have won all three by less than by like single digits. Mm-hmm. And 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 poor Rick Barnes hasn't been to a the Sweet Six. He's been to one Sweet Sixteen in like 17 tries. So. I'm not exactly feeling positive about the Vols getting out of the weekend, which is a reason for you to feel good. Feel good, living Vol fan. Feel good. If the Vols are going to get out of the weekend, Josiah Jordan-James has to come to play. If he comes to play, Tennessee's a different team. 
If he wallpapers it up like they did against Missouri, they could go home Thursday. I mean, it's pretty much that simple. His three tournament losses, uh, being star, 2021 Oregon State, and this this is the theme of the week. He's got to come to play. Somebody in that senior class, besides Vescovy, has to come to play. Somebody. Olivia Kumwa, join the party. One of those guys has to come to play. Uh, Euros isn't going to play a lot. So, he, well, you know, in this game, he might. Euros in this game might, although I, I would think that Adu, probably they throw him in there to neutralize that big man because they run so much through him, uh, the Brown kid, who's really a great player. Uh, looking at some video of them last night, and uh, me and Y kind of did a little watch-along uh, as I was compiling uh, the blog over at tclub.team, we've got tremendous baseball report, Matt J, who checks in from the TLD Logistics Short Porch, uh, where he's dropping a new podcast. Evan Russell coming up in an hour and 40 minutes or so. We're going to break it down scientifically with him today. Uh, and also, uh, we've got a special guest coming up with our Arcadian Vanguard or something in the second hour who's going to break it down scientifically. Triple J, um, being star in our last three tourney losses, 2 for 10, 0 of 5 from three-point range. Against Michigan, he was 5 for 13, 0 of 6 from three-point range. And uh, going out on Friday, 1 of 7, 0 of 3. So it has been, um, it's been a rough watch for him. However, uh, he's 13 of 32 from the floor in three NCAA tournament games, which is a 40% uh, shooting average. Three of 17 from three, six of eight from the foul line. He averages 11 points. But in the two losses, he's 7 for 23, 30-ish percent, 0 of 11 from three-point range. He is my... Pick to either click or not click, depending on how you're looking at it this week, Beanstar. He's got to play well if we're going to win. It's period end of sentence. Yeah, absolutely, Tony. Without without Ziggy, um, we absolutely have to have two of the three of Vescovicki or Triple J uh, on their game. You know, uh, and, and, and I'm not counting on Key. I'm not, guys, take a night off. Uh, no. We're done. Well, I'm not counting on Key. But go ahead, um, Brian. Louisiana hadn't won a tournament game since 1992. Right. That's one fact. Which really and, matters. I mean, two years ago, we yeah. played that Oregon State team, and they hadn't been in like 25 years. That really mattered when they went up there to uh, Indianapolis and beat the living hell out of us. Another thing is Tennessee's opponents to the Sweet 16 have all won conference tournaments. Every single one of them would have won a conference tournament, no matter who they play, from now until the Sweet 16. Brian, how many times have we gotten near Duke? We were uh, we were talking about this last night. Near Duke, Brian. In four times, 1989. I right, hang on, 1999, let me get these. 1989, 1999, okay. 2011. 2011. And 2014. 2014. In 1989, we lost to West Virginia. So that... They were at, yeah, that was the 10-7 game, and Tennessee was the 10 seed. Uh-huh. Duke was the 2 seed. Bino was at that game. That game was played where, Bino? You were at that one. Greensboro, wasn't it? Greensboro. 
I was I was not at the uh, I was not at the West Virginia game. By the way, the Vols uh, really, 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 really dodged a bullet um, with both them and Duke being moved to Orlando. Can I get an amen on that, Beanstar? I know our fans, they thought there was a 99% chance they were going to end up in Greensboro, but they kind of played their way out of that by losing Friday, and I think it's kind of a good thing because you did not want to play Duke in Greensboro, a Duke team that's won as many as in a row as they've won. You wanted to pull them yeah, out of their it's state. Yeah, they already won a tournament there. Yeah, we we didn't want to do that. I'll uh, give an amen on that, Tony. All right. Uh, so ninety nine. Duke won conference tournament in Greensboro. Yes. Wow, that's interesting. We kind of missed that last night. Uh, stats by Will Warren. What's wrong with you, boy? Our all star cast was good last night. Ninety nine. What happened, Brian? We lose. They lose. Yeah, that was a. Uh, it would have been a Sweet 16 matchup then. Mm-hmm. Tennessee lost to Southwest Missouri State, known oh. then as by 30 in the second round. Duke uh, would have. They would have played Duke in the Sweet 16. Southwest who? Uh, Southwest Missouri Southwest, State. Now I'm known as Missouri State. Southwest Missouri State. Now known as that's the school that where Conzo came from. Yes. Right, and that was also almost in the Sweet Sixteen. That would have been around. They, yeah, they, that was the second round loss. They mm-hmm. would have met him in the Sweet Sixteen that year mm-hmm. if they could have held up their end of the bargain. Mm-hmm. You know, is any of this coming back to you? Uh, I, yes, Tony. I remember that. I remember the games once you talk about them. Mm-hmm. That was uh, Steve Alford was coaching them, wasn't he? That's correct. Very good, Bean Star. Young yeah, Steve Alford, young rising star in the profession then. Yeah. And he's still coaching, by the, by the way. But you guys were fantastic last night. Really, really good show. I'd urge anyone who didn't get a chance to hear it to tune in right after we get off today and listen to it. Yeah, it's really, really concise. Those guys are really good. I mean, look. Here's the deal with those guys. They play for money. First of all, Maury Hanks is a is a scout. He knows what he's doing. He knows all these coaches. Stats by Will Warren, I mean, you know, the guy knows the game. Backwards and forwards. C and Lee play for money, and they're serious about it. They're not recreational. They're serious about it. And um, and then Matt and Brian provided great content. So and I just hung on for the ride. If you're thinking I drove that show, I didn't say anything last night, which made it a great show. 2011, Brian, what happened? That was a they'd have met in the second round. Tennessee was in the eight nine game against Michigan. That was Pearl's last mm. team, and that was sort of a yeah. That was when they got bloodied by Michigan and and Duke played Michigan mm. in the second round. So Tennessee didn't hold up there in those three times. And then 2023, or 20, what was the late, 2017? 2014. 2014. 2014. Duke that lost year, to uh, Mercer. Duke lost to Mercer in the first round. One of my that, favorite that teams, anyway. That was the anyway. most egregious, not holding up your end of the bargain losses. That was the most one when uh, they were they had Jabari Parker and we were three seed and lost to that Mercer team that Tennessee blew out Jabari two Parker, days later. what a damn scrub. Bino, in your humble opinion, because... Duke has one 
legit pro, and they've got several what we call Duke pros. That's a, fra- a phrase uh, why myself came up Well, he came up with it. I wrote it. He calls them Duke pros, but, you know, these guys that will sit on the back of NBA benches. Now, Mari will tell me that doesn't exist in the NBA. That absolutely exists in the NBA, where these, these, these Duke and North Carolina guys populate these front offices, and they do a solid to these coaches, and they take those borderline kids and put them on there as the 13th player on the basketball team who cares. And, you know, the, the Popsons of the world and those people, they, they get to call themselves NBA players. But they're never going to play. And there's a ton of Duke players that meet that description. Why, says Bino, uh, the Filipowski guy is a legitimate pro basketball player. Um, the Roach kid is really starting to play well, and the and and then they have a couple guys that are what you call Duke pros. Do you do you subscribe, Bino, to the concept of a Duke pro, a North Carolina pro, a Kentucky pro? Do you subscribe to that, Bino? Uh, yes, I subscribe to the fact that the last guy that keeps from getting cut, uh, if it's a, a guy from a blue blood program that they think is has been better prepared through competition and whatever, uh, practice to uh, to stay on the roster that that occurs. Um, is the game going to happen this time, Bino, the game of the century between the Vols and Duke? Is it finally going to happen in the tournament for all the marbles, the year that Calip- uh, Cal- the year that Kay leaves so my heart can maybe take us playing them? Yes, it's going to occur, Tony. We're going to play Duke in the second round. And, Bino, I want your Monday temperature because I'm not feeling good about us getting through. I don't know if I'm feeling good about us winning a game. I mean, and that's why I would encourage anybody to bet on the Vols getting to the Sweet 16. I've woken up today uh, feeling like being honest with the audience, which is, I don't know. I don't feel good about this week. Now, Lee said last night, who's been glass half full all year, he does not feel good about our second-round opponent, does not feel good about it, does not feel good about it. And he told us that on the TLD Logistics Hotline last night. It's part of your Garza Law um, um, overdrive overtime slash bracket buster, um, what we, whatever we called that last night. I had a catchy name for it last night. But, but go ahead, uh, Bino. Do you feel good about us living to fight to the 16th? Uh, I do not, Tony. I filled out one bracket and I took Duke to beat us. I, you know, this is just, well, I mean, we've lost seven of our last 12. Uh, we lost uh, our floor general. Uh, this would be um, this would be a really, really pleasant surprise if Tennessee gets into uh, the Sweet 16. And you know what? Now, C made a great point last night, which I repeated today uh in the block there's a surprise trip to the sweet 16 that's one thing right it'd be wonderful that would that would uh be not a vindication of barnes doesn't need anybody to vindicate him okay guy's a hall of fame coach doesn't mean need me to vindicate them i mean you didn't need you to vindicate him a sweet 16 appearance would be great with this team it would be um, it would be exceeding expectations for once in his life. It's true, at this time of the year, doing no, it I'll against. Du- Hang on, Brian. Just give me one sec here, buddy. Doing it against Duke, 
That's another story altogether. I don't know if you guys have considered this. Can you imagine getting on Garza Law, Tennessee basketball overtime Saturday afternoon? Because they're going to play in that afternoon window, which is another astute observation that uh, C made last night. They're going to put Duke in one of those national windows, which means Tennessee is going to play a late night Thursday into Friday. And then they're going to turn around and they're probably going to play either in the noon window or the 2 o'clock window on Saturday. And you you believe that, right, Bino? They're going to put Duke right in that noon window or they're going to put him in that 2 They're going to put him on national television. Oh, sure. We're, you, they're going to, you know, the the prime spots are reserved for teams like Duke, yep. obviously. And, and we're going to play, you know, and, and so we'll be a part. Now, if Duke loses... Uh, to Oral Roberts, then that Tennessee uh, Oral Roberts game will be played Saturday night, maybe even later. It'll be buried somewhere. Uh, no offense to us, but that's the way this thing works. Um, Duke is like Tennessee football to some to some degree. Their box office. Brian Hartman, you were going to say because if we get to the Sweet Sixteen, guys, and it's at the expense of Duke. I mean, that's T-shirt-worthy, Alumni Hall. Fire up the presses, Jeff. Let's get it going. Let's get it rolling in here. You know what I mean, Bina, uh, uh, Brian Bean? I mean, if we beat Duke, that's a rather loud, loud entrant into the Sweet 16. And I'll say this. Duke has a first-year coach. Yep. So Barnes is the... Guy who's nearly, you know, approaching seventy years old and gets a first year coach. I bet he's better I, I than March think, uh, our guy. That's something that that's a matchup I'd want to watch. Only one small problem. If they're playing in January or December, I'm with you. When they're playing in March, our guy is Missor Marseille. I mean, and it is what it is. Uh you're you're right, Tony. That would be a loud entry mm, into the sweet. Mm, mm. The and the the only the the only bad thing about that at all mm. that we'll go to Madison Square Garden and Ziggy won't get to play. Mm. That'd be so Tennessee basketball. Brian, who would await us? I might even and that that goes to show you, this goes to show you, I don't even know who's on the other side of the bracket in the Sweet Sixteen. Because in my mind, I'm not letting myself go there because I don't want to well, feel the way I'm going to feel against Duke on Saturday. I, and I don't want to feel that Purdue. way. You yeah, see Purdue, Purdue right in that spot Steve. again. There you go. You know, does Purdue live to tell about it? They've been leaky Jerry Palm. They've been leaky black for a month and a half, just like we've been leaky black for the last five weeks. They've been leaky black. I guess they're leaky white. You know, what do you think? Do they live to tell about it? Yeah, I, I believe Purdue will be in the Sweet 16, uh, but uh, I'm not sleeping on Memphis against them. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You he talk about a guy that remade his team uh, with the transfer portal. Maury Hanks brought up a really good point last night. You want to see the impact of the transfer portal? Look at that Memphis club. Penny was a, kind of it was a failed experiment, a this and a that. And literally, they could, like Bino said, they could get to the Sweet 16, and maybe beyond that. They might be a little, uh, they might be a little pick to click here. They beat Houston yesterday. 
One of my favorite first-round games, Tony, is that FAU-Memphis game. Yep. You know, those eight, nine games, they're, they're always pretty good, but mm-hmm. a, a whole lot of times those eight, nine slots are mm-hmm. power five teams that have kind of backed or limped their way into the tournament. Mm-hmm. That's not the case in this eight, nine matchup. That, the, that's two teams that are probably underseeded. Yeah, there are some underseated. Texas A&M, I think, is underseated. Somebody sent me an email today saying, uh, Tony, who do you think is a better basketball team, the Vols or Texas A&M? How are we seated that far ahead of them? And, and the answer is we did our work in November and December and gained the system by blowing some people out, too, which makes us look a lot better in the uh, – um, in, in the in the numbers, then probably we really are right now, especially minus ZZ. And I don't mean to be negative about it, but I'm going to be realistic here. Look, I'm coming to the conclusion that if, if the Vols win Thursday, that's probably going to be a pretty nice showing in this tournament. Does that make me a bad person, Bino, that I've come to that conclusion? No. No, I'm, I mean, this, this is kind of a wounded team yeah. going into the tournament, so... And it's it's just not easy to just flip a switch back on. So we'll we'll see if if they're able to do that. A and M, you know, A and M is better it is better than a seven seed at the time that they that they get there. Yep. But you know, you gotta you gotta bulk up your non conference schedule and you gotta quit losing to Wofford. Well, it's very true. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two the number if you wanna jump in. Your yeah, thoughts they, on the Vols. They wanna Make sure they account all this, that, the entire season instead of just the last month of it. No question. Which is why Barnes. Well, that's fair. You know, that, that's hey, fair. Hey, hey, Brian, that's why Rick Barnes going to live in the NCAA tournament. And, you know, Tennessee's beaten two one seeds. They're 2-0 and oh against one seeds and 1-1 one and one against two seeds. Well, they've got, when you look at the top 12 seeds in the tournament, we were looking at it last night. The Vols have wins over three of the top six teams in the field. And they were rather loud, resounding wins. It wasn't like they were they beat them on last second shots. Yeah, they're nine and seven against teams in the twenty. Hello, hello, pretty good. Oh, it's very good. Also gives me some hope against Duke that Tennessee's been able to raise their level of play against the best teams they've played. And you know, Tennessee's played a tougher schedule than Duke. Uh, much tougher, easily. So. You know, you know Duke, um, Duke doesn't scare me. You know, Duke, I, I, I'm not saying they beat them, but they don't scare me. Bryce, send me those results against the tournament teams when you get a chance for the blog later on okay. today. Think about that. Okay. One of our panelists made a really good point last night. Tennessee's a squad this year where when they see that name on that jersey across from them, and it's a prominent name, it's a blue blood name, the level is raised. This team does have the capacity, Bino, for whatever reason, to pick it up two or three notches. Now, I don't know if they yeah. have enough in the, at the end of the tank, end of the at the end of the year in their tank. I don't know what these preparations are going to be like. I hope they take it easy on them this week and just do some walkthrough stuff and heal up. I don't know what he's going to do. Um, he's probably going to go hardcore because he's Rick Barnes. But Beanstar, at the end of the day, when we get on the floor, see, that's now I'm going to talk myself into this. We could beat Duke very easily the way this team plays. 
Uh, sure, Tony. Like we said, they they played uh, they played their best games against the most named teams, with the exception of Kentucky. And uh, you know, Kentucky just didn't draw your attention the way that they generally do uh, at the time of the season that we first played them. Um, so yeah, I, absolutely, Tennessee could beat Duke, but uh, you know, we gotta we gotta get out of this stagger that we've been in down the stretch. And down through the years, Brian, we were talking about the, the tournament history. The Vols have always found whether Barnes was here or not. They always found a way to have loud regular season wins, which is why we fill our, fill our building, but yet fall short when it truly matters. And I, I'm not saying that winning SEC championships, I'm not saying that at all. I'm not diminishing that. It's, it's all a value. But the way the sport is judged, there were years where we swept Florida and they would go win the national championship. We, we would beat that team regularly. Unless I'm misremembering. Am I misremembering that, guys, or is that not an accurate? You know, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the two national championship Florida Gator teams never beat Tennessee at full strength. I mean, Their one-win team without Lofton on the court. H- hello. I mean, can you make you that know, up? And, um, I'm asking, can you make that up? If, if they had gotten past Ohio State that year, they might have got all the way to the final game against Florida, played them again, and could have won the whole thing. Laura asked me, uh, Bino, a question about you over the weekend. Okay. Can I refuse to answer? She said, when did Bino start watching Tennessee basketball? What age was he? Uh, I was uh, I was nine years old, Tony. So roughly Eight, nine years old. Around, 19, around 1965 is when I started really knowing what I was watching with Tennessee. I'm sure I've watched yeah. it before then because my family always did yeah. or listened to them more than watched them. Not trying to press you or anything, but that's 57 years. Yeah, that's, that's quite watching a long time, the How many marches, and she asked me this. I'm not asking you this. This is her. She said, you know, you really ought to unpack that with Bino on the air. How many, how many years did the Vols exceed his expectations in basketball in 57 years? She said, is that on one hand in March? Uh, yeah, that's that's easily on one hand, Tony. Like uh, one finger. Uh, my... right, off, right off the top of my head, um, the, uh, the, the Pearl team that made the Elite Eight the Conzo team that made the Sweet 16. Um, Isn't that amazing? Yeah. 50? You know, um, seven years. I, uh, I may have forgotten one in there, but those are the two. Brian, I want you to think about a couple decades longer than you've been alive, Brian. I want you to think about that. I want, you, I want the living listener, I want the young kid out there to think about this now. This man's been, this man loves the Vols, loves basketball. Loves the Tennessee basketball balls. Loves them. Fifty, you know, um, Brian. Fifty-seven years. Not twenty-seven years. Not thirty-seven. Some of you there in your twenties. Some of you in their thirties. Not thirty-seven years of it. Not forty-seven years. Fifty-seven years. 
57 years of this for Bino. Can this school in hoops pay a guy like that back? Can it? I mean, I'm just asking for a friend. Laura said, can you imagine? And, and, and she said, guys like Bino's age, like the Ken Miller down in Crossville, who we know, Beanstar, compatriot of your uh, contemporary of yours, you guys just keep coming back for more. Uh, Notre Dame Harry, you guys just keep coming. See, I jumped on the train 30-some-odd years ago. 57 years of this, Bino? And twice in this tournament, twice they've exceeded your expectations. Rick Barnes, it's not his fault. For th- fifty-seven freaking years, and the answer is twice. Twice, and both like late in that fifty-seven year span too, like recently, really within the last ten years. I mean, geez, man. Well, you always keep your cup and your twins hat close by, Tony. <laughs> that twins hat's the dumbest thing in the world. So B- me and Beanstar were down at, uh, and Beano texted me during the Vandy game the other night when they were when they were get beating Kentucky. And Beano said, "You remember that feeling you and I had watching that LSU game? We were down there with Jim Robinson." When he was with the American Patriot folks, and he had a booth down there at the uh, setup at the, um, and we broadcast out of his booth at the expo. They had like that. What do you call it? The fan fest thing. And where was that in Atlanta? Being star, it was right. Yeah. Yes. And we yeah. walk into that dome, and was that a Thursday night or a Friday night? Bino, do you remember? I think it, I think was, it was Friday night. night. I think it might have I- been Thursday night. I thought it was Friday night, Tony, because I thought we did the Saturday morning show, and we said, let's get the heck out of here. <laughs> so, I could be wrong. Brian's, of course, memory is better than mine. He's, he go- you know, he's uh, Google. I think of all these first-round games I've seen, I think this is only maybe the second one, maybe the third one that's been played at night. Me and Brian walk into another weirdity. Me and Brian walk into, me and Bino walk into that cavernous arena. Marky Boy Griffin's over there. Um, we're sitting near the Haslam's. They have this weird interaction with Pearl's family. I'm like, man, Pearl's in trouble. You can just tell. It's like, this thing's weird. I told Bino, I said, I'm a room reader. That doesn't look right. This thing's weird. And I think we, I remember talking about it the next day on the air. But the air in that place was like midnight sadness. You could feel it coming. And it's so weird when you walk into one of those tournament basketball games. You know your team's in trouble. Beanstar texted me. said, remember that feeling we had that night? I said, yeah, I do remember that. We kind of looked at each other and were like, this isn't good. And it looked like we had never played basketball the way our team played that night. Couldn't do anything on offense. Weren't really good on defense. And that LSU team wasn't very good to beat the Vols at all. And um, They had Big Baby Davis. Big ba- Big Baby. Big Bubba, Big Bubba Jubba. Was that the year we ended up as a what year? What seed did we end up that year, Brian? That was a five seed that they boat raced Long Beach State. We referred to that game last year. It was so fun. They boat raced them, and then they nearly—that's the year they should have beat Ohio State. They had them beat. This Kentucky team, guys, is a trendy pick against among our people to make some noise in this tournament. You know. 
How funny would that be if a team that those Kentucky fans despise went on a run here? Yeah, they they've got a draw that gives them that opportunity. Yep. I I just I watched that team. <laughs> uh, there's no wonder the Kentucky fans don't like them. Oh, that was hideous. The way they played against Vanderbilt the other night was absolute. It was an affront to competition. Eight six five two hundred. Yeah. Yep. They can defend if they want to. Yep. About half the time they don't want to. They don't want to. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. Your calls after this, and then a preview of Louisiana coming up. Evan Russell in hour two as well. Let's get some calls in in this next segment. Jump to it. Let's jump, jump, jump to it, Aretha Franklin, after this. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. 
For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Escobars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 Bites, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. And this is out uh, by request to Bino Jeff Henderson, who was asking about this tune. This is uh, something that appears in... Bino really likes it. Listen to this. Let's jump to it. Let's jump to it, balls. Let me me get a little further in the song. Listen out. This is unfortunate. Aretha Franklin music. Bino, you remember it? Yeah, I'm kind of in a hurry. Uh, fortunately, no, I don't remember that one. I pulled it out of the deep recesses of my memory banks. As I said, the volunteers are getting ready to jump, jump, jump to it. Which Bino thought the Pointer Sisters song we were talking during the break, which of course was Jump. Van Halen had a tune named Jump. That was Cinco's version of Jump. Jump to it compared to most of Aretha's catalog. That's uh, really bad. Would would be like uh, Barnes Regular Season and Barnes NCAA Tournament. (laughs) Jump to it is his, uh, that ought to be like his March theme. 
Let's go to the phones. Poor guy. We're kind of bagging on him right now, but that's only because we know what's coming. But, hey, you know, we can do that. We've spent time covering his team, bathing in it, as it were. You, you earn the equity to speak your mind. I, I, I hope they surprise me. I hope they surprise Bean. I hope they surprise Brian. I hope we're in one week. Absolutely. If we're alive and we beat Duke, I'm shutting my mouth forevermore. Hello and welcome into our. That's not happening. But hello and welcome into our first call. Hello, Tony. It's uh, Zach. Hey, Zachy. I'm hoping we can uh, change Rick's uh, uh, Spanish name from Dios de Enero to Dios de Marzo. That's the God of January to the God of March. Um. Hey, I just wanted to um, just a couple of anecdotes yesterday. Uh, since there was no games on that I was interested in, me and my girlfriend were at Dick's around two o'clock in the afternoon, and you would not believe how many stupid—and this is here in the Tri Cities in Johnson City—how many stupid people I saw with Alabama hats on and Alabama sweatshirts. Uh, you know, I guess in theory, supporting their team all the while their team was playing the uh, SEC Tournament Championship. I love these new Alabama fans. They are just a, a beautiful specimen in the uh, college landscape. Um, what, did you, uh, I, what did you think about uh, Missouri's performance on Friday versus, or on Saturday, shooting-wise, versus what they did against Bama because, I mean, they couldn't throw it in the ocean on Saturday. By the way, Ole Miss just hired Chris Beard. There you oh. go. That's well, excellent. I, I don't I don't think. Uh, I didn't think, okay. Zach. I don't think about the tournament, Zach. I, the tournament to me is a <clears> – I think the great thing about the tournament mm-hmm. is that Jimmy Dykes has is, is been silenced. You know, that's the thing I, and I'm not trying to be funny, but that's the thing I no. take away from this is he, he, I don't have to listen to him anymore. I, I was going to tune in yesterday and watch that game, and then I remembered he was on. Mm. And, and, Bino, I shouldn't be this way, but I just can't do it, man. He just it, won't shut up. Really a shame. It's really a shame, Tony, because he went from a really good analyst uh, to one that you just mute. And Zach, did you? Yeah, you got to mute him. Jack, Zach, did you see the clip of the uh, uh, the 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 photo of the Alabama fans that were walking around? But the kill them in the twenty three. Was it kill this? What what the shirt? Yeah, what the shirt say, Brian? Do you remember, Brian, what that shirt said? Killing our way to the SEC in twenty twenty three. Let me tell you something. I'd have snatched. I'd have no. Uh, exactly. I cannot believe that they wore that thing around and nobody sucker punched one of those guys. And no, I'm not advocating violence, but you're going to make fun of the death of a of, of a of a young girl, of a young mother. Yeah. That's where we are as a society. We're that callous and postmodern. I mean, are you kidding me? Yeah, it's and I'm I, I'm I'm a tweet idiot. I I I go on Twitter yeah. every night after work and good tweet. I, I read. Yeah, I am, and I read some of their Bama. I mean, the Bama fan, these new Bama basketball fans, they have all at once become basketball 
uh, aficionados and mm-hmm. lawyers. They're all lawyers now. Uh, they are. They're all um, you know criminal defense lawyers. It's it's crazy how these people in Bama have transfer transformed into you know. N- Oh, do we have a basketball team into uh, super basketball fans and criminal defense attorneys at the same time? Because their their knowledge of uh, who and should be held accountable for for what happened is uh, kind of stunning. Well, you know, here's the thing. Look, if your team is win at all costs, win at all costs. Don't wear a t-shirt making fun of the death of a girl. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Being out like there's a there's a line there, and that's just horrendous fan behavior, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, they, they, uh, the SEC said if anybody tried to wear that on Sunday, they were going to get thrown out of the arena. Well, why didn't they do it the first couple of days that those idiots were showing off? I would never let somebody in the arena wearing that. It's because they know they can do it. And that's somebody should have whipped them. Somebody should have yeah. whipped those people. Brian, do you what think neck, Buzz rednecks? Yeah, just just complete jerks uh brian do you think uh buzz williams might have cost his team remember when he went off last, well, i don't know if he went off but he criticized the selection and i think rightfully so last year he criticized the selection turn uh committee for not putting a&m in and do you think that well, cost him a couple of lines this year i think i think losing to wofford at home was what and they had a bad they had a really bad you know, we thought they were going to be, you know, I, I've been fun of them back in December. I thought, well, it looks like they're going to, they're going to do their customary, do what they do so badly in the first part of the year, and then come back and win like seven or eight in a row, and then complain and whine when they don't get in the tourney again. But they ended up doing much better than what they did last year. So yeah. I don't have a problem yeah. with where A and M is seated. They might be a little bit better than that, but they earned their seed by the whole course of their body of work. They are, they are they better. Well, they are better. Yeah, they, definitely. There's no doubt about it. May, well, and yeah. uh, I mean, and uh, on the way out, Tony, I was wondering. You, you said you don't think the tournament had any impact. Uh, I think you're probably right. I mean, t- with A and M getting blown out, I don't know if that cost them anything. Probably, probably not. But. Um, uh, it was just beautiful to see Kentucky lose to Vandy, yep. and uh, I'll uh, we'll check with with you guys later. Well, week. thanks for all and, the great all the great stuff. Thank you, brother. And our guy Fight Club Clay was in, engaging some Vandy woman on Twitter yesterday, Bino, and he told her uh, two and a half hours till your demise. She was on there chirping about how Vandy was going to get in the bottom of the field yesterday afternoon, and he was chirping at her two and a half hours till you all become extinct. For another year, no soup for you, no NCAA tournament. So you got to love old Fight Club Clay. Here's the truth. The Vandy fans thought we're playing our way in. The tournament doesn't matter in the eyes of those people, Bino. Vanderbilt had to win the tournament if they were getting in. Absolutely. Nobody cares how hot they are. Only way it matters for teams like that is to win the whole thing. We listed the first four out today. We listed the first four out over on on the blog. They lost the game by 57 points. We listed the first four out today. Vanderbilt wasn't even in the first four out. They they weren't even on the radar, Vandy Joe. We. Not even on the radar. We. Let's go back to our phones. Hello and welcome into our next call. You're on the Basilio Show on a Monday. Hi. How my friends and compatriots doing today? Hey, Dubs. 
Well, I'm going to say we're going to make the sweet six. Of course. I'm going to be positive. Glass half full, brother. Glass. Now, W. Lynn, how many years of of, of, of Tennessee basketball have you uh, put up? I mean, watched. Exactly the same amount of Beano. And how many times have they gone further than you thought they were going to go in the tournament, W. Lynn? Uh, the first three years of Don DeVoe. There you go. Because so. in, in, the, in the first year that Don DeVoe was here, Howard Wood, after a loss to LSU, said, we're going to win seven of eight and get the double bye. Mm-hmm. And we did exactly that. Uh, we we beat Auburn and Kentucky. We won the SEC, and then I was in the Murphy Center. I was still in school. I was mm-hmm. going back for like a, I was like change majors and all that nonsense. I saw us win our first game ever in the NCAA against Eastern Kentucky, mm. and we played Notre Dame with Kelly Trebuka, Trebuka, and Kelly Trebuka. Yeah. So to me, that was farther than I expected uh, because that of what you know we it, it, it includes the SEC tournament of course Kentucky made sure they changed the format after we won it and had beat them three times that year you, you then they did it like where you played to get into the 18 you know they didn't give you a double buy like they did then in 1979-80, we were 17 and 10, and I thought, no way. I, I didn't even think we are getting a bid. We got a bid, which exceeded expectations. We beat Furman and should have beat Maryland. Bino probably remembers that game against Albert King. Uh, they fouled out uh, Reggie Johnson and somebody, a couple other guys. We got robbed. Do you remember that game, Bino? I do remember that game. But that that team exceeded expectations because we were just 17 and 10 and got a bid. See, you have a better memory than Bino. So, Bino, he's given the first three years of DeVoe props. and Bino... no, no. Now, W. Lynn doesn't have a better memory than me. He is he, – he, he had less expectations than me. Yeah, I was going to say, Bino is not going to cut DeVoe. I, I, I'm not. I, and he's slack. I'm not counting beating Eastern Kentucky and Furman is going further. God, W. Lynn just got Bino, blasted. Blasted, won, W. Lynn. We never won a game. We've never won a single game ever. Uh, yeah, Bino. Know? Why don't you get real? Okay, 1980, 81. This is OG on OG crime here. And, and we were in the Sweet 16 in Atlanta. And we lost to Virginia and Ralph Sampson. What'd you so expect that year, are, Bino? I mean, that's that's a good year. What'd you expect, Bino, that year? We got to buy and beat VCU. Is that correct? Or beat Mark? I can't remember who we beat we to get beat there. We beat VCU because that, it was only was, a forty-eight no, team field. No, those don't exceed my expectation. If we'd have beat okay. that second team, then you would have exceeded my expectation. Well, I tell you what, Bino's a tough audience, stuff you're Lynn, isn't he? I think uh, okay, let me go you know, back the next year, which was highly disappointing. We beat Southwest Louisiana, as Brian pointed out, in 82. Louisiana. And we lost to that darn Virginia team in Indianapolis. Louisiana. 54 because Tyrone Beeman and Michael Brooks and Fetterman missed free throws. Now, right. that was disappointing. Here's the deal with Tennessee basketball. It is disappointing. 
W-O-N. Well, it is, but I enjoyed those five years, Tony, because I... 57, I, I, I mean, you got five years out of 57 years. I mean, you got five. You got five out of 57. What 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 oh, fraction well, then, is that, Brian? Oh, wait a minute. I, I enjoyed the Pearl years mm-hmm. and, and, you know, some of the stuff that's... But I, I don't Eight out of 57. Anymore. Nine out of 57. I mean, here's the bottom line. They need to pay us back. And I've only been on the train a lot shorter than you guys. I mean, when Bino says 57 years and twice they've exceeded his expectations, this year our fan base is expecting them to go out in the round of 32. Hey, Rick Barnes, do something we haven't seen. We've seen your oh, magic yeah, tricks. Even, even with my expectations in 57 years, it's only been five or six times. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Do something, Rick Barnes. You make $6 million. You got a one-game season on Saturday. Beat somebody. Come on, you can do it. That's what I'm talking about. What we got to do to win a Thursday is Triple J and Vescovy have to hit over 50% of their three-pointers and hit about 12 of them. Our three big men have to combine for 16 points and 12 rebounds. Bino, I got W. Lens Dobbers up right now, Bino. Do you like it? Are you enjoying it? I, I hope you're proud of yourself, Tony. What is this sponsored by? Seniors ripping seniors here. You've turned on seniorsrippingseniors.com. I want to, um, if you listen, if you have a senior in your life that needs to go to ripping, call us. Yeah, call Bino Jeff Henderson. He'll rip them for A.W. Lynn, thank you. You have a Dwight Gooden. Thanks, W. Lynn. Great call. I mean, here's the bottom line these guys have been fans for 57 years. Would you please pay us back one freaking time? One time. Last year, Barnes, you took my heart and you ripped it right out of my chest. But you know what? It's not you that did it. It's Tennessee basketball that did it. Just like when I was a student, and I was so proud of my team in 89 when they went to the uh, NCAA tournament. And freaking West Virginia destroyed us, Bino. Do you remember that? It was destruction. It was TDOT. Total destruction of Tennessee. It was ugly. It was ugly. And then we took a bus trip over to Greensboro the year we were a two-seed with that nice young team we had playing 94-foot basketball and freaking um, freaking uh, uh, Wichita State beat us because we couldn't make a shot. Pissed me off. And then we went back for more to the Pearl Patrol. I know from whence I speak. Charlotte. You know, I was. We were in Charlotte. If they, um, if they had held on to that Ohio State game, what kind of conversation would these conversations down to the no, end be, be totally different? We'd be conversating differently because the Pearl team would have won a natty or gone to a final see, four I, that I year. I really think they'd have made the because once you pop the top, held on to that see, lead. See, Billy Donovan showed us this. Once you pop the top, Brian. And you get through the ceiling, you can do it multiple times. That's a trouble here. The trouble here is that we don't have any clutch gene as a program. We just don't. Somebody said it the other day. They said this team's perfect for us. On the Friday, Bino, they said no clutch gene on the day we lost to Missouri. And I hate to be negative, but they're, I'm calling this thing out. we got to win. I'm totally negative on, on what, what's going to happen this week. You know why? Because that's our history, and that's his history. I'm sorry. I didn't do it. it this, this team does lack uh, the guy that you can just put the ball in his hands 
uh, at at a time when you need a bucket that can create their own, Tony. That's uh, that's a deficiency of this team without without question. And it's time to change the script. And I'm starting to feel positive because I'm so negative that that makes me feel positive. Because I didn't believe in the Eagles all the way to the Super Bowl. I didn't believe in the Phillies all the way to the World Series. And I don't believe in the basketball team right now. And I didn't believe in those teams on the air. And I'm not believing on this in this team on the air. So you call me what you want to call me. But I'll tell you this. The callers, you, you'll get in if you hang. I'm about 10 minutes we're going to get a preview uh, from a gentleman from, Brian, what's this fellow's name from Louisiana? His name is Kevin Foote, and he's with the uh, Acadia Advocate newspaper down there, covers Louisiana. You say that with such, are you sure that's what it's called? You say that with such conviction. Is yeah, it Acadia? Read it again. It's something I never heard of. Acadia? Arcadia? Yeah. Yeah? All right, more after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. t Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late-model, low-mileage, one-owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chandala yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. 
This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 41 Come to the 2023 Mule Day Auctioneer Championship, hosted by the Columbia Breakfast Rotary Club, benefiting their college scholarship fund. Outstanding auctioneers from across the country will be competing to be named the 2023 Mule Day Auctioneer Champion. The event will be held at the Tennessee Livestock Sale Barn at 1231 Industrial Park Road, Columbia, Tennessee, starting at 11 a.m. Hope to see you there. 31 Columbia's own 7th Annual Mid-State Classic Collegiate Softball Tournament returns March 15th at the Ridley Sports Complex. Come see the Lady Volunteers face off against Austin P. starting at 5.30 p.m. Opening game, Columbia State versus Motlow College at 1 p.m. Food trucks on site and parking is free. Tickets are $10 and sold exclusively online at columbiatn.com slash midstateclassic. Or check out the City of Columbia Parks and Recreation today. The Mid-State Classic, March 15th. See you at the game. Are you betting on the SEC tournament in Nashville? Today at Action 24-7, use code MARCH to get a 300% deposit match up to $20 on your first deposit. Action 24-7 is Tennessee's only locally owned and operated sportsbook. Download the app or visit action247.com to start winning. Please bet responsibly. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Basketball theme song for my life. Watching the Vols in March. I mean, I hate to call it like it is, but the theme of the show this week is show me a new trick. Show me a new trick to this coach, to this basketball program. Show us a new trick. Joining us on the program now, Kevin Foote covers Louisiana for the advocate in the Acadiana, with the Acadiana Advocate down in that region and uh kevin i welcome you in my brother i hope you're doing well today happy march madness to you y'all too it's exciting you know it's been uh since 2014 since the cages have kind of had an exciting sunday for selection show sunday so yeah a lot of excitement down here it's kind of a beautiful thing uh when a team like that gets an opportunity and our our producer uh to the stars brian hartman unearthed a little snuggy about uh the Cajones that i didn't realize we did a huge uh bractacular uh last night but this is um this is a kind of an interesting uh going on uh bry uh the brown kid's father played against us right bry back in the day in the nca tourney what year was it 1982. I mean, I you know, look, I, I've lived in Lafayette my whole life. Boom. Cajun fan. Uh, it, 
young Cajun fans don't know about the history of Tennessee and UL and postseason play, but guys old like me certainly do. Uh, Jordan's dad actually is my favorite UL player of all time growing up as a kid. I was in high school when, when he played. That was 1982. The Cajuns won the Southland Conference, got beat 61-57 in Indianapolis by Dale Ellis and the Vols. And then three years later, Cajuns were in the – they beat Florida uh, 65-64 in the first round of the NIT, went to Knoxville and was up five points with 23 seconds and then – Tony White got them, and they, and, and, and they blew that game. And then in 2000, the Cajuns played them in Birmingham in the first round of the tournament, and it was kind of what the Cajuns feel like was a phantom foul call on Brett Smith, and, and Tennessee won by five. So a lot of heartbreak for the Cajuns against Tennessee in the NCAA, in the NCAA and NIT postseason play. How about that, Bino Jeff Henderson? He was uh, he was rattling that stuff off like it was in the like right there in the recesses of his mind. Oh, look, I remember 1985, that tournament. I, I was in my den in the same rush chair that I was sitting by two years earlier when the Saints' first chance of going to the playoffs ended on a 48-yard field goal by Mike Lansford and then took the same long stroll around my subdivision. So heartache does not leave my memory. Mike Lansford of the L.A. Rams, yes or no? Absolutely. Beat the Saints 26-24. Saints would have had their first winning season, first playoff. But the only offensive points they scored that entire game was the Mike Lansford 48-yard field goal on the last play of the game and beat the Saints 26-24. That is brutal. Let's move yeah, along brutal. here. Yeah. So how important are the Cajuns to that community down there in terms of hoops? Well, you know, in the 70s and 80s, it was number one. Uh, you know, like it is in a lot of places in the South, football and baseball and the diamond sports, softball has been the most successful sport here over the last, you know, 40 years or so. But no, it's, uh, it's, there's a lot of history with, with basketball still, no question. Tell me about this club, the Brown kid we were talking about earlier. Generally, when I'm picking it, like if I'm watching a game from 10,000 feet, I'm saying who's going to win. Generally in these games, the team that has the best player or the pro, if you will, is going to win the game. And, Kevin Foote, I, I say to you that I think this Brown kid's the best player in the game. The, the problem is going to be, from my standpoint, is they like to do everything inside, and Tennessee has a, t- has a tendency to smother teams that play old-school basketball. Tell us about this Brown kid and his game. He's a five-star recruit. Tell us about him. Well, you know, he is, is, is not real bulky. He's on the thin side. But the great thing about him is he's great with his left hand and his right hand. He can hit the mid-range jumper if he needs to. Most of the year, you know, very few teams, especially in, in the Sun Belt, have someone that can handle him. Um, Kevin Samuel uh, tra- uh, transferred into South Alabama. He tried to go one-on-one against him in the regular season finale, and, and, and Jordan put 28 on him and just put on a show. And should have scored thirty, but he missed too many free throws. But uh, he's again not—he's not had a lot of one-on-ones this year. But Tennessee's probably got the inside people to do one-on-one with him, and you know it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. All right, Bino, I promised our guest off the air that we would mix it up here. What do you guys think that Tennessee does defensively uh, with Brown, who Louisiana likes to play through? Uh, a ton. Bino, I'll start with you. Uh, to share share with our guest how you think the Vols defend him. 
Well, Kevin, Kevin we, we've got we've got some size um, that that we can run out there against him. Uh, my guess is that we we continue to run out by committee our big guys and try to make it as physical as we can with him and use what fouls that we have. Yeah, and and you know, and what you're going to see, uh, Kev, if I can add to that, is yeah. Euros Plavsic is kind of a big hatchet man that the Vols have, kind of their big man. Um, and then Jonas Adu is an extremely good shot blocker who doesn't have tremendous girth, so this could be an interesting matchup for him in that he's long-armed, uh, has the ability to uh, alter a bunch of shots and make old-school centers uncomfortable. Um, and then Olivia Kumwa is a guy that uh, – that they also could rotate over. Brian, is there anybody I'm, I'm forgetting that Tennessee could throw at him? You know, uh, you know, you got to do a walk-up, but does he shoot three-pointers well? Can he step outside and make shots from no. outside? Because I think Tennessee oh, will try he, to pull him away from the basket. He's capable, but no, he's more of like, he'll go to the free-throw line and knock down a 15-footer, but he won't shoot many threes, no. Yeah. In fact, they don't shoot threes, do they, Kev, as a club? Well, you know, they have a couple great uh, – they have uh, – Greg Williams is a, tr- a local kid who went to St. John's and transferred back. When he's going well, he can make some threes. They uh, – you know, and, and Jalen Dalcourt's a guy who's six seven man that comes off the bench and can knock down some threes. They haven't made a lot lately, but in, early in the year they were making more. So what is that? They just it's just not a part of their offense or cuz they don't shoot a lot of them. So is that just by design or is that by personnel? You know they they have they have a a, a walk on who earned a scholarship mm-hmm. in Contrell Garnett and he was knocking down threes like crazy early on. What happened was early on everyone was collapsing on Jordan and it was leaving Kentrell wide open and he was knocking down a pretty a good amount of threes. For some, but he's a guy who's not going to take a bad shot. Lately, he stopped shooting, mm. and he's a good defensive player. Like he's the guy that normally guards the other team's best guard, and he does a great job defensively. But he just—I mean, he had his his three-point attempts have just gone to nothing uh, in recent weeks. And so, you know, maybe he'll get another opportunity here if they if they focus a little more on Jordan. But that—that's a big reason why they're. Three points, like for whatever reason, Kentrell has not been firing up threes like he did early on. Because for whatever reason, and, and the Vols have been giving them up lately. The Vols have literally been giving them up, and uh, so you wonder if if Louisiana, if they deviate uh, from what's been going on, or if they try to get him off early. Garnett could be a guy to watch, huh? He could, and, and again, Greg Williams and Jalen Dalcourt are the other two. Greg's a guy who was shooting. Over forty percent from three point land for most of the year, uh, and and, and the, now the issue with Greg is in the semifinals of the Sun Belt Conference tournament, mm-hmm. someone stepped on his foot. He tried to go in the finals and 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 could not go, and he didn't play the whole second half. So they they described it kind of like a turf toe situation, and so he has been their second best player behind Jordan all year long. If he can't be himself, it's going to really hurt the Cajuns because he is their most consistent three-point threat. He's also really good at going at the basket. Uh, and so that's going to be something to watch out for, how Greg Williams is physically. So he couldn't go in the final and they won anyway. That's a hell of an accomplishment. 
Yeah, that, that was it. What happened in the final was this. The, the last few years, the biggest problem with the Cajuns is they, they, they just didn't have a point guard to help them finish and win close games. They went out and recruited FEMA's folks. Uh, he's from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. He was in a junior college last year. Early on, he played great. Now, down the stretch, he kind of struggled. And basically what South Alabama did was they said, okay, we're going to make FEMA's folks beat us, and we're going to really crowd Jordan and try to take – and then Greg Williams didn't play the second half, so it was all on FEMA's shoulders, and he did great. He scored 23 points and really kind of he, – he kind of answered the call when the Cajuns might have been in trouble. Well, they would have been in trouble if he not. So FEMA's does a better – until lately – He's done a great job of finishing, penetrating and finishing. The Cajuns haven't oh, had boy. guards who could penetrate and finish. Oh, and so he did a – early on he did great. Lady struggled, but in the in the tournament final with the season on the line, he did a great job of finishing. Bino, Jeff Henderson, jump in here as uh, we're talking with Kevin Foote, who covers Louisiana, as a great John Adams likes to say, for the advocate down in the Acadiana region. Hey, Kevin, uh, as you know, we lost Zakai Ziegler, who was our only true point guard and floor general that was ready to go. Um, and since then, we've had some difficulty with teams that extend their defense uh, and are kind of handsy. Uh, we, we've had a turnover issue. What, what style of defense do the Cajuns play? Well, you know, they like to play man-to-man, but they have played some zone. Uh, but, no, they're more of a, uh, of a man-to-man guy. Demons has trouble at times defensively. just depends on the kind of guard that he's guarding. Uh, Greg Williams, when he plays, is an outstanding defensive guard. Uh, Kentrell Garnett, as I mentioned, is an outstanding def- defensive guard. They don't do a lot of full-court pressure, but in the Sunbelt, in, in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament, they did a great job of, of picking people up three-quarters court beyond half court mm-hmm. and just making them work down the court a little bit. So they have extended their defense uh, 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 quite a bit lately. What's the worry, Kevin? What's When you look at that matchup with Tennessee, what's your worry? Well, my worry is, like what we talked about earlier, that they have enough defensive guys size and size to neutralize Jordan, even if they don't shut him down, yep. and then the Cajuns not hit three-pointers. So, you know, I, I think for them to pull off this upset, they're going to have to hit them eight, nine, three-pointers. And and they've done that quite a few times, but that was more early in the year. Lately, they haven't been knocking down as many. So I think they're going to have to get back to making seven, eight, nine, three-pointers and Jordan be able to do, you know, typical Jordan stuff. And so we'll see. If they don't do that, I think they're going to have trouble. But if they do, I think they can win. Got to hit your three balls. It's It's pretty much standard fare for a lot of these teams. You make shots. You're going to go on, and if you don't, you're going to go home. Tennessee's problem has been, at times, their offense, you'll watch them and they're clicking. And then they can literally go seven and a half minutes without making a field goal. I mean, it's the damnedest thing you've ever seen. Right. No, I I get it. Now, the other thing about the – and I don't know how he'll match up with the way you're describing Tennessee – Terrence Lewis was a transfer they got. He played a, he's one of the two guys that have played in the NCAA tournament. He played in the NCAA tournament at North Texas, and obviously Jordan did when he was at Arizona. Right. But he was a guy, he, came, he played at North Texas, came from Jackson State, and he's not real big, 6'7"-ish, and, and, but he is as good as the Cajuns have had in knocking down that little jumper in the lane. A lot of people aren't consistent at that little 10- or 12-foot jumper in the lane. He's done a great job of providing leadership 
and and just knocking down that when he gets it, he's great at making it in the lane. He's kind of provided a little consistency and maturity down low for him that I think's made a big difference on this team this year. So do you have any questions for us in terms of uh, as you look at this matchup, as you look at the Vols? Again, I, the big question I wanted to do, you already did, because the, the about the size and, look, when as the brackets were going on, I wanted no part of the Cadence playing Indiana. Right. So they played them last year, and it was just a disaster. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of thinking Virginia maybe because they're so good defensively, but maybe you could outscore Virginia on a, on a given game. And so the thing that worries me about Tennessee is the size that you described inside because if, if you neutralize Jordan and Greg is not 100%, which it could be the case, then they could have trouble scoring. You know, and – Again, that's a perfect opponent for Tennessee. Brian, do you have anything to add to this conversation in terms of a, a guy that's uh, you know preparing this a, as a beat reporter and looking for some uh, looking for some nuggets, some odds and ends? Is there anything, Brian, to to put on Kevin's uh, front yeah. burner here? I just want to ask about the coach of oh. from. Uh, I guess they haven't been to the tournament since 2014. The coaching style for Louisiana Lafayette. What's what's the coach's? Let's let's get his name and see what uh, what, what what is his strengths. What do you think of the job he's done so far? But Bob Marlin, he came from Sam Houston. He went to the NCAA tournament twice from hmm. the Southland Conference at Sam Houston. He, he you know he, he kind of had a little bit of unlucky in twenty in twenty seventeen. Uh, they won twenty seven games and they were the number one seed. They're one of their their best guards got hurt in the final regular season game, and then their their best player Jakeen and Gann, who was a transfer from Missouri, got hurt. Um, he got sick in the finals, was thrown up, and they got beaten in the semifinals of the tournament. But you know they're normally an offensive team. They like to score a lot of points. At times they're good defensively. At over the time that he's been here, again the biggest problem of late is they just have not had that point guard. They lost so many games last year in the last two minutes just because they would turn over the ball late in games. And so that's why he really went out and got FEMA's folks, and FEMA's uh, really ended up getting it done at the end, like I said, in the tournament finals uh, and played well and, and kind of did what he was brought in to do. But their problem is not over the recent year, not making enough threes and point guard that doesn't get it done late in games. And so they've done a better job this year making threes overall, but lately not as much as they needed. And their point guard play has been vastly improved. Kevin, a couple of things to look for uh, with Tennessee. Uh, this is um, w- one thing: is uh, is their ball security good? On nights when their ball security is good, they're they're pretty good. Um, the other thing is w- they're a really good defensive rebounding team. Uh, so if you're getting some second shots, you're doing something that not a lot of teams do. Uh, against Tennessee. So those two keys to look for with what type of game Tennessee's playing that night. You know, the Cajuns, to me, they aren't overly big. They're not. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, Jordan is, is thin, but they've always done a good job of rebounding. Like, they they were one of the best in the conference in rebounding, and I really thought it might have been an issue early on because you'll see Terrence, he's not overly big, and he's kind of wiry, and so is Jordan, but uh, that's Probably the thing that Coach Marlin and his staff has done the best job consistently over the years, teaching guys how to rebound, because they haven't had a lot of rebounding trouble, and I really thought they would, but it sounds like they might against Tennessee, so that'll be an interesting matchup thing to watch.
Yeah, and you know, it's it's just one of those deals. Like Bino was talking about the the Tennessee club. Depending on when you see them, like minus Zizi, uh, our, our guard, the Vols have looked cohesive at times on the offensive end, and then at the end of games, if this game's close, one of my concerns is, will the Vols be able to manage possession by possession with the ball in the right person's hands? Because since he's been gone, they have not played well down the stretch of basketball games. I mean, Bino, that's, I'm generously putting that right. I mean, they, they've just, they've gone to the, in the two games they've lost, they've gone to the final TV timeout in games and essentially haven't scored. So that's no, that, not that, a good sign. This this is a team that's had trouble closing more so than than most Barnes teams do. Yep. Uh, it's it's kind of been, especially the second half of the season. It's it's been an issue. So yep. if, if it's close late. Tennessee will have to do something different than they've been doing. So look for that, Kevin. That that is. Um, that's more than a trend at this point. It's almost this club's identity. And it's not a good thing to say about a team, obviously, coming into a tournament where generally all these teams can play. And, you know, unless Tennessee, people on our, on our Garza Law, Tennessee basketball overtime were saying the other night, unless it's an eight-point game at, at the, at the four-minute timeout, at the final uh, TV timeout, we don't trust that the Vols are going to get home with a win. And that's kind of well, where we are right now, Kevin. Right. What what you're describing is is what the Cajuns were last year. Interesting. And so they had that exact same problem, and that's why they went out and got Femus, and he's made a big impact. Now, what happened was the Cajuns they really struggled down the stretch. They fell all the way to a number eight seed uh, going into the conference tournament last year. But then Greg Williams, who transferred from St. John's, and that was his first year last year. He didn't really play real well all year, but his last five games were his best five games of the whole tournament. And Jalen Dalcourt, also from Lafayette, stepped up and played well. They made it all the way to the tournament finals for the first time since 2014. Got beat by a pretty good Georgia State team, but it gave him confidence going into this year. So, again, what you're describing about Tennessee this year is exactly the situation the Cajuns were going through last year. Kevin Foote, much love to you. If folks want to follow your work or interact with you, how do they do so? And I appreciate your time, brother. And by the way, love the accent as you broke it down scientifically. <laughs> well, again, I'm born and raised in Lafayette my whole life. At Footnote is my Twitter, so I appreciate the opportunity. Much love to you. I hope we can talk again this week, and I hope you have a Dwight Gooden. All right. Thank you. The great Kevin Foote one more time. Bino, when he said 49ers off the top, I said, this is my guy. Yeah, I don't think you would have had to tell me uh, where he was from, Tony. 865-200-5402. I stand with him. I'm for him, not against him. I'm going to go back to our phones. Uh, and get our next call in. Hello and welcome. You're live on the Tony Basilio Show. Evan Russell, the TLD Logistics. Extra innings coming up here in about 20. Hello and welcome in. Hey, Tony. Hey. Brian from Central Virginia. Central Virginia. Welcome in, brother. Um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm real close to, I guess, being on WM. Let's call me about 55 years now. Uh, so you're in the fi- you're in the 55 year okay. So in your 55 years, how many times has the team paid you back for your love 
of them and done something that you weren't expecting. Because I don't think most people in our fan base expect them to get past the second round. And I'm calling on them one time. One time. Can you just do something that we're not expecting? One time. I'm closer to Bino's score than uh, WLS. So just two or three. Especially the, the Elite Eight was. Is that not crushing? Yeah. Well, I, you know, ball basketball has always been my first love. I, I follow them. I'm optimistic um, even now. Uh, but, I mean, you know, some of the experiences, too, um, and, and I called last week, and I, I, could, I just couldn't hang on, but this was more for the 1 o'clock hour. I wanted to say what I thought of Bayheim, uh, but <laughs> on the way out. But, yeah, the, and, and W. Lemons in the Maryland game, because Lefty Grizzell whined and whined to the, the referees the entire second half. It just, ah. I'm in ACC country, so. Yeah. Well, and you know what? I mean, all I could picture was uh, Lefty Drizel tonight, Len Biastad, hiding all the paraphernalia. I mean, it reminds you of the old Steely Dan song, clean this mess up or else we'll all end up in jail. The test tubes yeah. and the scale, get it all out of here. And here's the thing. No offense to Lefty Drizel, no offense to uh, that era of basketball, but, man, there is something very painful about losing these March games where the pain never leaves you. Like, I hear you talking. The pain does not leave you. It just doesn't. Yeah, well, you know, and I'll tie all that, all this history yeah. to, um, to something that happened this year. You know, beating Kentucky just means more. Yep. And, you know, a lot of this, um, a lot of that goes down to, you know, there were very few, if more than, and being on y'all can all correct me, more than, one SEC team even made it, and and so that's right. Would usually split with split with Kentucky, and usually unfortunately lose one other game. And we were always, you know, second place watching, you know, on TV. Uh, Kentucky play, so you know, it, just beating Kentucky means more to us. And and that that one moment, you know, when we had Kentucky at home this year, and it's what the first three minutes we're up ten, and he totally switches the lineup out and gives them back all the momentum. I I just thought in my mind that is that the way is that's what is that what is going on with no feel for the game and maybe that's some of his March problems. You know, speaking about Coach Barnes. But you know, I, I don't know. Maybe you can answer that. I don't know if they follow a script and they just keep following it um, too much. But anyway, I, I just He's just, you know, he's just not very good in games. I mean, the other day, look, your 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 two seniors get two fouls on them. You don't have to take them both out right before halftime. Now they lived to tell about it and got in with a three point lead, but at that point in the game, you don't need to take them both off the floor. You take one of them off the floor, but this guy is just not. I'm trying to be fair to him. When you get to this time of the year, he's just not a great reactor. Feel is a good term. I mean, I just, I think he's a great program guy. He's a great development guy. I think, I think he knows how to get his team to play throughout a regular season. I think he leans a little heavy on them, and I think they come into these tournaments tired. And and they looked at again. And I know Z, with no Zizibino, this is different this year. This is almost a mulligan year. That's why I wish they would just play loose and go out and beat Duke on Saturday, Bino. 
Yeah, I mean, this is a curveball that they're not accustomed to being thrown. Um, and I, I, I think there's two sides to the coin. I, I definitely think that you have to give a, a little bit of credence to the fact that you've lost your, your floor general mm-hmm. right here at the most important time of the year. Then I think there's also some criticism on the other end that you made it to this time of the year, and that is your only floor general. You've made mistakes prior to that that put you in this situation. Well, yeah, I mean, Yuri Collins, you had him. You think Tony Vitello is going to let some coach call him and go, hey, you're stealing our player? He'd be like, yeah, okay, and what are you going to do about it? And so would our football coach. What are you going, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, okay. You're St. Louis basketball. We're the Vols. We play in the SEC. I mean, what would you like me to do? But, you know, when you're doing the Dale Carnegie thing and you're, you know, a basketball coach, it's very hard when you're trying to win friends and influence people. It's very, it's a difficult way to go. Go ahead, my friend. What were you going to say? Yeah, on the way out, speaking yeah. point guard, give Judah Mint a call. The, speaking of Syracuse. Uh, I love that kid. Hey, thank you, my friend. Good talking to you. Give him a call. All right. Yeah. Bye. And by the way, the Bayheim thing, that emails Bino off like no tomorrow because you lost to a guy who literally was wearing somebody's drapes that day. Like, he looked like a reject from Three's Company. Little did I know I was going to have to watch that clown for 50 more years. <laughs> if, if Tennessee, 50 years of exposure to Tennessee, what was it? What did we decide? How many years for Tennessee? 55 years of exposure to Tennessee basketball and enough? I mean, we're getting into, like, radiation levels at this point. Hello and welcome into our next call. Hey, Tony, this is Oak Ridge Scott. Thanks. Hey, Oak Ridge Scott. Appreciate you being there, brother. I'm sorry, Oak Ridge Scott. Something going on with our channel. Try it one more time. Go ahead. I was just saying, I watched a lot of basketball over the weekend. And I thought to myself, what is it that these other teams have that we don't? And it just seems like a lot of these other teams have multiple players that can get to the rim and either draw a foul or, you know, kick it back out. And, you know, we've got really two players on our team that can do that, and one of them's hurt. That's Ziegler's hurt. And then... Mayshack can really put it on the floor and get to the hole. Yeah. I think you're just – don't discount Phillips. I think he can do it as well. I think Tennessee has two guys. And, and look, um, at times Vesco tries to do it. He's just like the most athletic guy on the floor. And Triple J every once in a while can do it, but it's just not in his mental makeup to play that yeah. way. But I think physically yeah. he's probably able to do that. But you make a great point. Barnes – is more into stopping you from scoring and being a dog on that end of the floor than he is you being an alpha male dog on the offensive end of the floor. And and nine times out of ten, that's the player he's going to recruit. Well, and and I guess, I mean, obviously you have to have defense, but I guess my big knock against him this year is that, you know, doggone it, he's so... He's so set on proving a point to incoming freshmen that it's his way or the highway. It seems like 
now we're in between a rock and a hard place because we don't have anybody that can really back up Ziegler. Effective backup. And I can't believe that B.J. Edwards is so bad that he shouldn't have gotten more playing time this year. And, I mean, to me, the point guard is your most important position on the floor. I mean, if you don't have a point guard, you're, I mean, you're really hurt. And, you know, you touched on it, I think, over the weekend. I was listening to your show. You said, you know, I don't know if we can take care of the ball. And you know what? We can't. Not right now. Not to the level that we Well, need. not in that game. Not against Missouri. When, when you play a team that's just going to overplay and sell out like that. And, you know, there wasn't a darn thing we could do about it at times on Friday. Not a darn thing. No, it's like I texted you, Tony. They, I don't care what their rankings were in the metrics, 170, what, whatever they are. Uh, the way that they play defense, as disruptive as, as they are in our current situation, uh, they might as well have been a top-10 defense. And the good thing uh, is, uh, Scott, yeah, well, the good thing is Louisiana's not going to play like that, and neither is Duke, thank God. Yeah, that's beautiful. Because if we have to look at that again, I'm just telling you right now, if we played that Missouri team without ZZ ten times, they beat us ten times. There's nothing fluky about that. And I, I, I agree with the caller. I, I don't know how ready uh, BJ was when he came in here. But once you were unable to bring in a transfer point guard, I think at that point what you had to decide was you were going to go through some growing pains with B.J. Edwards in order to get him to the point where he could help you at this this time of the year. But, Bino, they just decided he wasn't ready. I mean, what are they supposed to do? That's like a pitcher that you well, throw out there you know is going to give up home runs. I don't runs. think they had any choice is what I'm saying, Tony, based on. Now, while we're criticizing, I yeah. will say they brought Meshack along much further handling the ball and running the team than I thought he could ever get to this, at this point. And he's going to be a great player. Him and Awaka next year are going to be two very good players for them, if they'll let Awaka play. Well, and he's exactly – Meshack is the type of player that we need. We need more of that on the perimeter. And like you said, you know, we have that with Phillip. Um, and I don't ever want to discount what Vescovi's done for our program, but, I mean, it's just – He's, he's, he's just kind of limited athletically what he can do out there on the perimeter. Yeah, but he's excellent. He's a first-team All-League player two times, yeah. and I appreciate your yep. call, Scott. And, look, with Ves- I take five Vescos. You give me five of him, I'm going to go to the Elite Eight this year. You give me five guys like him that just are not afraid and function in these games. He's not the greatest athlete you know, in the world. But five, you give me five of those guys, and I'll go out there and beat you because he plays hard, too. He's the guy, he's probably the one guy that's most consistent yep. from night in, night out. Yep. You know what you're getting. And he's the one guy that you talk about you need to have someone you can go to at the end of the game to get him the ball, but he can't create his own shot. That's right. Like Michigan last that's year. That's the problem. Michigan put it on him last year. Michigan said, you're going to put the ball in Kennedy Chandler's hands. We're going to take the ball out of Kennedy Chandler's hands, and we're going to put it in his hands, and we're going to put the ball in Triple J's hands. And we're going to let those two guys beat us. So when we continue, Evan Russell's going to break it down scientifically. We shelve the Tennessee hoops talk for a moment, and we are taking you into uh, TLD Logistics Extra Innings with the great Evan Russell, the Vols' first SEC series as a Ponham, and we're expecting snow up in Como 
Doesn't that sound inviting, Bino? 29 degrees Friday night on the first pitch. Does that sound inviting you? Bino, let's road trip, man. R- ridiculous. Just another reason to throw them out of the conference. You damn straight. As we continue, ER breaks it down scientifically after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. A while back, I told you a story about Packer, our mascot, that Don found in the garbage truck after someone had thrown her out. Well, since then, I've been asked several times about Packer. Is she a dog or is she a cat? I guess I never thought to say, but she's a pit bull mix. And you can see a picture of her sitting in the driver's seat of Don's service truck on our website, garbagemaninc.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. 
This is Laurie Cole, Executive Director with Pay Grace Forward. We are a community solution to predatory lending. We help people in Murray County who are trapped in payday and title loan debt. We do this through financial mentoring, followed by low interest grace loans. To see if Pay Grace Forward can help you or to volunteer with our organization, please visit our website at paygraceforward.org or call 931-548-6797. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Tesco bars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 Bites, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. Join us on April 21st at 7.30 a.m. for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is going to be an annual event. It'll be hosted by the Tohee Golf Course on April 21st, starting at 7.30 to noon. Proceeds from this tournament will go towards the academic and athletic opportunities for our students at Columbia Central. Please contact Ms. Christy Smith at Columbia Central High School or Dr. Mike Steele, the principal at Columbia Central High School. Hope to see you out there to celebrate this amazing individual for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Bow thy head when you say thy name because it's about to get real. About to get real up in here. And I got a, um, I got a really uplifting email I want to share with Evan. As Evan Russell now joining us, it is TLD logistics extra innings as we bring it to you every monday as a part of your tony basilio show streaming online at tclub.team and evan i want to make you uh shall we say giggle uh, a little bit here but this is kind of where we are um as evan i welcome you and how you doing man I'm great, man. After a good old sweep of the balls, it's hard not to be happy. Absolutely. Monday. That was a fun, fun weekend of baseball. They made the right decision stacking those two games back-to-back on Saturday. This is from uh, this is from Stephen Nashville, Bino. This is really uplifting stuff. Everyone just remember, the higher you get, the harder you fall. Tennessee is so overseeded at four. Just ask number seven, Texas A&M. How ridiculous. They would beat the Vols eight out of ten times right now. And the baseball team, dot, 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 they're 0-3 against somewhat competitive teams. Let's not get all too carried away. Failure hurts more when you do. So let's park here, Evan. Now that we've seen the Vols go through their non-league deal, the exhibition part of their schedule, if you will, and it's time to uh, start playing for real uh, Friday night up in Como where it's going to be freezing cold, playing in front of about 20 people. Are you buying or selling uh, the baseball team after what you've seen as a, uh, as a power program right now in, in this year's college baseball? Yeah, I think a lot of people get caught up on – if you're ranked number one, two, three, four, um, at this point, it doesn't really matter. Um, I, I look at the, I look at the roster and I look, I look at what they've put on paper and it's at least a top 10 team in the nation, no matter how you want to, to look at it. 
Um, they have the ability to lead the yard. They have bats, um, at, at least at the top in the middle of their lineup that can consistently win some games and produce runs. They, they have a staff that is arguably the best staff in the country, which is going to give them plenty of chances and big time games to win. So, um, it, you know, you can make an argument that they haven't played great against the better competition, but, um, you can also make an argument that they're young and that they're going to start making better decisions as the season goes on. We had Tony on here. What day was it, Bry? Was it Thursday? It was a couple days after the Boston College game. Yeah, it was Thursday. Yeah, and he he, he cracked on me, uh, which I need to pull up, but he cracked on me um, during his press conference the other day after uh, after one of their games. Hey, Tony, say the name, say the name, say the name, brother. I love it. But, Evan, um, when you're watching a game like that Boston College game, and they made just enough mental errors in that one for a lifetime, I think we'd all agree on that. How important is it to get kind of bloodied up? And Boston College, by the way, went to a top ten team in Virginia Tech who are no joke and won two out of three to open conference play. So Boston College, uh, that's a what we call a real baseball team in that sport. So, Evan, from your perspective, how good was it to play them rather than a hoopty, even if you have to take a loss there? No, it was it was fantastic for the team um, just because they're so young and they don't understand that whenever they go to Missouri, they go to LSU, they have Florida come in there. Those are not going to be blowout games regardless either side. It's going to come down to making the right decisions on the base paths, um, taking your walks in big-time situations, not expanding the zone, things like that. So, um, to have that come in, have a good team come in on the road. Um, they didn't drive all that way for it to be an easy game and for them to lay down. They came out and they were attacking, and clearly they were a talented team. So um, it, it was great for the program. It was great for the young guys to understand that one or two decisions that they make can impact the entire game, and it, it, it can result in a loss. And, and those losses, um, they, they sting at the end of the year, but they also they have an impact on the regional bid and where you host, and whether you host or whether you not. So um, they're super important, but it's really important for them to have experienced the import, how, how much different yeah. it is in those big games and how important the, the little decisions are compared to the big home runs that we hit. Tony was telling me that the thing he appreciated about Boston College was that they sent a, a scout down here and watched the balls, you know. In person, and they figured out where to play people positioning wise. We were hitting the ball at people all night. I mean, they had us, the balls that were hit hard, they had infielders in position. A couple times they had guys shaded in the holes. I mean, it was just a job well done by Boston College. It was a great college baseball game. That's one of the better games in a couple years we've seen, Evan, I thought, even though we lost. Yeah, and a lot of people, they look at the, the midweeks like they don't really mean that much. Um, but for Boston College, that was a big-time yeah. midweek game, and that's why they sent the scouts down because the committee is going to look at that at the end of the year and be like, okay, that that's that adds to the resume. So Boston College knew they needed to come in and at least handle business and keep it competitive, and they won the game, and that's exactly why they sent a scout down there, and that's exactly why it was so important. Evan is going to stay with us. We're going to take you into our TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime, which we do each day as part of our Tony Basilio show 
uh, and some of you are listening to some podcast form, we'd invite you to come check us out over at tclub.team. But uh, we thank our friends at TLD Logistics online at tldlogistics.com. More than a trucking company, so much more. TLD Logistics does everything. Whatever your challenge is related to shipping, give TLD Logistics. Let them figure it out from there online at tldlogistics.com. And I was talking to Jim Peters um, the other day, and those guys are so hardcore that they were out there for all three of the uh, Tennessee games. And let me tell you something. When that cold wind blows in Lindsey Nelson Stadium, Evan, for some of these games, so far we haven't had the frigid ones. But, boy, it can get cold, can it? Yeah, but they're going to experience a lot colder weather this weekend whenever they head down to Missouri. So hopefully those guys that are on the field can sort of um, toughen up a little bit mentally because they're going to be battling the weather just as much in Missouri um, as they are going to be battling the Tigers. So um, it's going to be interesting. But, yeah, Lindsey Nelson – some of those days of, of playing, you know, you, you dream of playing in college, but some of them games you're ready for them to end pretty quick. I think it last year I was the, maybe that Iona series was one of those was one of those deal, Rhode Island somebody I thought God they came down here and brought their weather. It was sleeting, <laughs> freezing rain, snowing a little bit, and and you morons are out there playing baseball in it. That's got to hurt your hands when you hit a ball. If you hit a ball wrong in that stuff, I know in golf. Or is, or is bat technology, Bino, now such that the hands don't sting for these kids like it did for us? Well, it doesn't sting like that, Tony, unless you hit it right on the end every time like I did. Then it doesn't matter what it's made out of. Did you have one of those, Evan? Did you have a, a spot where, where you were catching these crazy – I mean, how bad was that hurting your hand in that weather? From Monday till Thursday, I was in the training room with ice around my palm trying to make sure I was ready to go by Friday. I'm not kidding, man. No, I'm, 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 I'm like believing it because I'm thinking about how bad it would hurt in that weather to sit there and there's they don't make enough padding in the world to stick in a glove, right? No, no, especially if you want one that's sort of decently broken in. And I made sure mine was broken in because I needed all the help I could get. So uh, as soon as... As soon as the ball started hitting my palm, the adrenaline was up, so it wasn't too bad. But the effects of it after are, yeah, you, you feel it for at least a week. Let's go around the room here on this Missouri series. Bino, if you were setting a run total for Missouri this weekend that would incur action on both ends, okay, what would you set that number at, Bino? Missouri's total runs for the weekend, they're going to score on the Vols. Uh, I would go ten and a half. All right. Brian, what would your number be? We're trying to get action going both ways. About, um, I'll say eight and a half. All right. Evan, I'm going to put that number at eight and a half. You're going to go over under that with this Tennessee pitching staff. Their first jump in league play where everybody ramps it up a little bit now. We stretch our arms out. It's time to ramp it up a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to say it's going to be a little bit over, just because of the fact that Interesting. the staff is going to—they're they're going to want to take care. The coaching staff is going to want to take care of their big, big arms in the cold, and it's going to—it's going to be super cold. So I could very well see them using this weekend to shorten up the starters a little bit, see what they have in the bullpen, um, see how long they can create their bullpens throughout games, and, and just to you know see what they have. So. 
I, mean, I could see the offense being put to use a little bit and, and needing to basically hold their own when it comes to trying to win these games because they're putting a lot of pressure on the pitching staff um, just mentally right now. Yeah. Um, just because everyone thinks that the pitching staff is supposed to hold them to two runs or less every game. So it, I think it would be great for the hitters to come out and sort of set the tone like, hey, we're, we're here to stay too. Bino, are you concurring there with uh, Evan? Uh, yes, yes. I, I think they're, um, you, you know, what it, what it takes away. What... This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. So you had an accident. Now what? Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop. You can count on us to repair all makes and models. Our certified techs will take care of everything from frame damage inspection to bump out or replacement with OEM parts. We've got the expertise to make your vehicle better than new and get you back on the road in no time. Plus, our collision work is guaranteed for the life of your car. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop to the rescue. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chindawa yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. 
Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Join us Saturday, March the 18th for Columbia's Breakfast Rotary's fourth annual Shoot for Our Stars Sporting Clays Tournament. This tournament is a community benefit fundraiser for our fantastic local youth and veterans organizations. If you'd like to participate in this great event, contact me, Rhonda King, at 931-398-5511 or contact us online at www.facebook.com slash shootforourstars. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. This is Dr. Mike Steele. Tune in to American Steel, a weekly discussion of topics and events related to the challenges in our world. Listen as we examine the path to relevance and truth in our society and culture. You can catch the show on 101.7 WKOM at 7 p.m. on Sundays. Also, we can be found online at WKOM Radio or on Twitter at WKOM WKRM. See you on Sunday. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Are you betting on the SEC tournament in Nashville? Today at Action 24-7, use code MARCH to get a 300% deposit match up to $20 on your first deposit. Action 24-7 is Tennessee's only locally owned and operated sportsbook. Download the app or visit action247.com to start winning. Please bet responsibly. This responsible gaming message is brought to you by the Tennessee Lottery. When you play the lottery, it's important to play responsibly. Know your limit and spend only what you can afford. Set a budget and stick to it. And remember, as long as you're having fun, you're always a winner in our book. The Tennessee Lottery is a proud supporter of National Problem Gambling Awareness Month. To learn more about problem gambling resources, visit tnlottery.com. Ah, fun is in full bloom, Tennessee, and the multiplier instant games are buzzing in. These colorful tickets offer chances to multiply your wins 10, 20, 50, and even 100 times. It's a beautiful day for bigger and bigger prizes, and they're right for the picking right now. Find the Multiplier Instant Games today at your nearest Tennessee Lottery retailer, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. 
Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.